What's up? And welcome to the Second City Sports Podcast. I am your host, DC, and coming to us as always, but this time from Philadelphia, it's Jerry Sherwin. Jerry, what's going on? Boys, I apologize for the delay. It's partly and mostly my fault after a long move from sunny Florida to what has been a gray and rainy Philadelphia, but I've been told that I need to say that it is to be known as the city of champions from here on out. So when I get brought onto the show, I need it to be said, and from the city of champions, Jerry Sherwin. That is definitely not happening. Whoever told you to say that, it's definitely not happening. No, I, I control the intro, and it's just not going to happen. And that other voice, the only person in this podcast who did not spend the last two weeks moving, it's the people's champ, David Johnson. Champ, how you doing? Uh, the champ is great. He's enjoying his recliner and his still condo that he didn't move from, unlike you two who have been moving for the last couple weeks. And uh, that's why we haven't done a podcast for a couple weeks. So I'm ready to go. I'm excited. I'm glad you guys are all settled in and ready to rumble. I would hardly say I'm settled in. I spent the last afternoon of today cleaning out my old apartment and still unpacking into my new apartment and... I hate everything and need a very long break from everything that is life. So moving sucks. Breaking news. Moving's the worst. Don't ever move anybody out there listening. Don't move ever, ever, ever. It's the worst experience of anyone's life. Stay well, where you DC, are. Good news, bro. In a week and a half, we'll be celebrating your bachelor party. That'll be a lovely weekend. So I am very much looking forward to that, and it cannot come soon enough after the week that has been moving to a new apartment. Guys, subscribe to our show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Snapchat, on Instagram, at Second City Sports. Look for us there. You will find us. Follow the champ at Shy People's Champ, Jerry, at Jerry Sherwin, and I am at Dave Cray. Let's get into it like we always do with a little TWTW. TWTW, the will to win. Did you put a question mark at the end of that? Did I? Huh? TWTW? TWTW? Mm. Well, I'm also introducing a new new drop for the Chicago Dog of the Week. Man, these are primo seats. I could really go for a hot dog. Hot dogs! Get your hot dogs here! Woohoo! And so, you guys know the drill by now. Give us something good from the past, we'll go two weeks' time, and something bad if you have one from the past two weeks since we've been off the air. And we will kick it off this week with Jer. We'll throw it off to you. So my first TWTW, and this is going to make the champ real happy because I know that he has been his his boy for a very long time now. Uh, you and I, DC, have kind of come to question his abilities. But I'm giving my TWTW to Zach Levine. Now, I don't know, necessarily follow all the rest of the Bulls roster. I follow, uh, let's see here, probably none of them now that I'm thinking about it. But Levine has been putting up videos on Instagram and on Twitter of him and his summer workouts. And not only is it him working on his explosion and getting that knee right, but there's a lot of offensive drills that he's doing. But I also saw one the other day with him just working on like his lateral movement and him being able to just kind of, I guess, be quicker and have his head on a swivel a little bit more. It didn't necessarily seem that it was going to benefit him in any way on the offensive end. And I'm starting to see why people really like Zach Levine and the prospect of him. I I guess we've always understood it, but the way that he can be offensively and if he just gets the mind right to play a little defense, 
he's going to be a pretty good player. So, Jerome, let me get this straight. You're actually going to give him the benefit of the doubt and, and give now. him some credit for having a year off, not playing basketball. You're letting him <laughs> take some rust off, you yeah. know, get yeah. into playing shape, giving him a chance to maybe help this team going forward. You're not just going to shit on him like you have been and say that he's I, not going to be a part of this future. That's, I that's what you're telling our fans. First of all, I don't think it's that I've been shitting on him. I think I've raised concerns along with DC about what we, we've seen this year on the court. Now, granted, he was working his way back. There wasn't that much of an offensive system. I know all the buts to why Zach Levine and, and I should be getting along here. What I'm saying is I finally see the work ethic that has been preached to me for so long for from both guard packs and from a guy like Tibbs. I understand and I can see it by him putting up these videos that he is in the gym, he's in the lab, he's working on it day in and day out. And for him to be working on his explosion and for him to understand kind of what the Bulls staff is looking for him to do this next this upcoming year, that does speak a little bit of volumes to me during a, a dead period of time where I'm looking for anything Bulls related to, to pique my interest. First thing, Jerry... Odds are probably next week you'll have a different opinion on Zach Levine, right? I mean, odds are, yeah. Like I'm, but you're talking to the guy that's uh, every single day my Kevin White optimism grows. So like, I don't know if it's gonna change to the worse. I think it only might change for the better. Second point I want to make on those workout videos. You see, he's working on lateral quickness. He's working on his offensive game. He's working. He's worked just straight up working out to get stronger, get his knee right. Do any of those drills help his defensive? just ability to read a court or his his instincts his defensive instincts listen i completely get it dc i still understand where you're at like i'm bridging the gap between champ and you i get all this stuff to me though defense is all about your mental uh, your your mental want does he want to be good at defense does he want to at least help his team out i the skills there for him to be a good defender he's quick enough he's athletic enough he can stay in front of point guards and shooting guards and he's strong but does he want to be that guy and if he comes out next year and actually puts the effort into it then i i think that's something he can be capable of doing I mean, let's be honest here, Dave. This, these videos inspired our own very own Jerome to do a video himself in the gym playing basketball. So Zach Levine is giving him some feels right now and is inspiring Silky him smooth, to, baby. to create videos where he sets his camera up under the basket, slams the ball against the wall, takes a dribble, and just drains a three. The real question is how many takes did that take? That was, Five or six? That was my second take. The first take I banked it in, and I wasn't happy with it because I banked it so hard. So I went back and did it again, and the second take, I swished it. So I was two for two on the takes. I just, if I would have put it up there as a bank shot, nobody, every, I would have been ripped. Oh, yeah, for sure. That, that was probably a smart move to change it. I was still two for two. So on the stat sheet, it shows Jay Sherwin, two for two, three-point field goal, six points. The one thing oh, that video didn't show, by- same with Zach Levine's videos, is playing any defense. Okay, let's move on. Jerome, let's hear your dog of the week. No, no, no. I got one more TW, TW that turns into my dog. That is going to the Sacramento Kings and the Atlanta Hawks because it was reported just a little bit ago that they are thinking about passing on Luka Doncic, 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 however you want to say it, because they don't believe in this all-star product that everybody else on the internet is pumping. 
I don't see it. I've watched Luca the last couple days because he's in the Real Madrid semifinals. He's an MVP. He was four for twelve the other night. And people freaked out like he's the next MJ. He's six foot six, slower than I am. So, champ, he might be slower than you, but you got some twinkle toes, baby. I just don't see this Luka Doncic thing, and he's my dog of the week. Somebody's going to take him very high in this draft, and one, he might not come over, and two, he's going to be a bust in the shape of Darko Milicic. That's, I'm calling it right now. Dar- Doncic is not going to be a good NBA player. He can't. St- you want to talk about bad defense on the floor, this guy's not going to be able to stay in front of somebody like Kevin Durant or LeBron James or, hell, even Zach Levine. That was the only bright spot of the Bulls not getting into the top three was that they probably won't have the chance to take Luka Doncic at seven. He will likely go before then, at least I hope so. I'm pretty sure he's going in the top six. But if he, if the Bulls somehow got into that top three, you know they would have discussed him, and, and I don't want him at all. There's many other guys in this draft who I prefer over Luka Doncic. I completely agree. I don't think he's going to be a very good pro. And whoever gets him is going to be very sorry, especially with the amount of talent that's in this draft. So I think, actually, if the Bulls got him at seven, I'm I'm okay with it. I am too. Absolutely okay with it. I don't think he's worth taking in the top three. To to Champ's point, I I think he he should totally fall. I think he's a good player. I don't think he's a great top of the draft player. And I think, to me, it's when everyone keeps saying... He has limited athleticism, but that's something that can be developed in the gym. You can't just improve your athleticism. You can get stronger. It doesn't mean you're more athletic. I tried being more athletic for four straight years in high school, and guess what? You can't be more athletic than 5'11", 200 pounds. I'm sorry. It's just not going to happen for you. Well, that's different, Cher. Like, that's a different well, comparison to him. But you're, but to the point is, you don't just become more athletic because you're stronger. You can't really improve your speed all that much to no, be slow. Right, and his shot's just not great, and it, like so he can pass. He's Ricky Rubio. He can pass. He doesn't play great oh, defense. Great. He's not quick, and he d- doesn't score very much. Or he's his jumper's streaky. Would you guys rather have Mikel Bridges or him? Mikel Bridges. At seven. Yeah. At I seven, Mikel Bridges. Mikel Bridges. Would you rather have Mo Bamba the project or him? Mo Bamba. Mo Bamba. What about Miles Bridges or him? Miles Bridges. I'd, ra- I'd rather have Don Trick than him. So than the, Miles the, this is in terms of the Bulls roster as constructed right now. Correct. At seven. I'm taking yes. all those guys over Don Trick because you have Chris Dunn, who I believe in, who's going to be your primary ball handler. And Zach Levine's probably coming back. So where are you going to, what's Don Trick going to provide? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's the same with, like, Colin Sexton and Trey Young. Like, those guys don't really fit the Bulls roster. I'll take Donkic every day over Trey Young. The big same. guys in this draft and the wing players and in, in the top ten are the Bulls, are the guys. There's plenty of them. So, they're, I mean, likely the Bulls are going to have their, you know, pick of a few guys that are, will fit their team better than a Luka Doncic. Absolutely. Yep. So, all right, I think I think we're there, Jerry. Anything else on your dog? You have multiple dogs of the week, like you had multiple winners of the week. Uh, nope, nope. That's my only dog. All right, Champ. We'll throw it over to you. Who is your TWTW this week? My TWTW this week is the Vegas Knights. I mean, I know we don't talk a lot of hockey on this show. What's but hockey? A, an expansion team advancing to the Stanley Cup Finals. 
is utterly incredible. They were 500-1 to to win the Stanley Cup. I understand they haven't won it yet, but to even go to the Stanley Cup as an expansion team, hell of a job by the Vegas Knights. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, their goalie, played exceptional in that series. I still don't understand why Pittsburgh let him go. I understand they had a young goalie that they wanted to keep, but Marc-Andre Fleury has been to four Stanley Cups. This is now his fifth appearance in the Stanley Cup. He's won three. I mean, the guy knows how to win. He comes, he's in, just a great playoff player, and I would not be surprised at all if he leads the Vegas Knights to a Stanley Cup championship over either Tampa Bay or Washington from the East, but... Hell of a job, Vegas Knights, going to this cup as an expansion team. That's hockey, baby! I mean, I, I'm just going to let Patrick Kane sum it up. That's hockey, baby. I have no, don't, I have not watched any of the NHL playoffs. Congrats to the Golden Knights. Congrats to Vegas, showing that and I don't even think the city had anything to do with them being a good team, but you never know. The only thing I know about the Vegas I mean, those- is apparently their intro video and their intro introductions are just out of this world. Yeah, they, that crowd gets pretty excited for those games, so good for them. First year. It can only go down from here, though, guys. Sorry. First year, you go to the Stanley Cup. Set those of course they get rowdy for those games. They've been sitting in like the Bellagio all day long, gambling their lives away, and then they go and lay a bet down and win it all back with the Knights. Champion. Fun, fun, fun fact, actually, about uh, going to Vegas Knights games. No alcohol cut off in the stadium. I was just going to say let, that, champ. I was like, if, if things get bad, just move out to Vegas and you can, you can... I mean, they just let you go all night. They don't cut you off. They're just like, what Who get? What are you going to do? You're going to go right on the strip anyway, so fuck it. Just keep drinking. It's... it's. I mean, I, I would love Vegas to go to so a game bad. in Vegas. I can't wait till the NFL's in Vegas because that should be the same thing and that should be fun. I'm actually upset. When I was just in Vegas in March, they played... Back-to-back nights, and me and my wife didn't go. That was a dumb decision. Oh, Should baby cakes didn't want to go see the the hockey instead of going to see, like, Siegfried and Roy? I mean, we ended up seeing Cirque du Soleil. We saw Love instead, which she very much enjoyed. I enjoyed as well. It was a good show. The beautiful carousel, a lovely <laughs> treasure. <laughs> All right, champ, who is your Chicago dog of the week? Oh! Uh, my Chicago Dog of the Week is the Toronto Blue Jays. They are struggling right now. They are in the second wild card race as we speak. And they are not calling up the top prospect in baseball, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. The guy is hitting, I believe, 430 in the minors right now, tearing the cover off the ball. He's 19 years old. He's clearly just dominating down there in double A. It's time to call them up. I don't know what the hell they're doing. Before they before they know it, they're going to be out of the race, and it's going to be too late to call Vlad up. So, I mean, you have this high payroll. You're spending money on free agent pitchers. You have Josh Donaldson probably for one more season this year, and you're not going to call up Vlad Jr. It doesn't make sense to me. Well, the problem, champ, is he, he can't play a lick of defense. Well... Their DH right now is Kendrys Morales, who's hitting a, a cool 140 right, but for do the you, fucking but Blue Jays. We've talked about this before in the show. It's not easy to be a designated hitter. So do you really want to risk stunting the development of your number one prospect just to have him get at bats, four pinch hit at bats essentially during his time in the major leagues? Or do you want him to learn how to play defense somewhat down in AA, maybe even AAA because he's not even at AAA yet? And let him develop. Like, there's part of it that has to go into 
being a well-rounded, a full, a completely well-rounded player. What position does he mean, play? Yes, he plays third base. Stick his ass in right field. I mean, Left yeah, field, I mean, he's. I mean, eventually they're probably going to call him up. They're going to trade Josh Donaldson this year anyway, so he's going to get his chance to play third. He can learn defense on the fly in the majors. I mean, he's oh, because that'll go well. Hit so much. The guy's going to hit so much in the majors, no one's going to give a fuck if he can play defense. I mean, it matters, though. I mean, th- th- people are going to give a fuck when you're not, when you're costing your team runs. Well, then they'll just make him a DH, and I think he'll be fine with that. Okay, and then when he stops hitting, it's going to be, why, why is he a bust? I mean, I think they should call him up. It's time. Is Ari Dickey still on, the, on Toronto? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> All right, Dickie's been retired for like two years, bro. Okay, thanks. But Kevin, I know where Kendrick Morales plays, his, though. He didn't even finish his career with Toronto. <laughs> Where'd he go next? The Rockies? He he finished with the Braves. Why doesn't the Rockies have a knuckleballer? Because I don't know how well that would work in Coors Field. All right. That wasn't okay. very scientific. I need I need sports science to figure that out for me. Why don't we figure right. it out when we go to Denver in a couple weeks? Oh, there we go. I'll yeah, bring well, the ball. Bring your mitts. When we're at, when right. we're at Coors Field, yeah, in a week and a half, you can try to throw a knuckleball, see how it moves. All right. Sorry for interrupting baseball talk. No, we're going to keep it on baseball. We're talking about a player, Jerry, you actually do know. My TWTW this week is going to Ronaldo Lopez for his eight-inning performance on Sunday versus the Rangers. He was straight filth all day long. Ricky came out to try to get him out in the eighth inning, and they convinced him to stay in and struck out. I remember who was, who was batting in the in the uh, last out of the eighth inning, but he was fight. Ronaldo was fired up to get out of that inning, and this is the type of stuff that we need to see as Sox fans in a season that's gone just awful all so far this year. These young get these young guys stepping up, getting to grow and develop. Whether it's Yohan Moncada learning how to hit left-handed. Ronaldo Lopez or Lucas Giolito going long in the games. Unfortunately, we've already seen Carson Fulmer fail and go down and back down to AAA. But like these types of performances are the things that we as Sox fans need to be able to hang on to. This year, that's been already stated by Rick Hahn, is was going to be the, the hardest year of the rebuild. Is really being patient and letting the guys on the roster currently develop and letting the minor leaguers move up and develop on their own schedule and not trying to rush anything. So, shouts out to Ronaldo Lopez for really giving giving Sox fans something to kind of hang on to here and as things are getting bad on the south side. Anti-shout-out to Reynaldo Lopez from my end Uh-oh. for this pregnancy photo. Oh, Have you I guys seen it. this? Yes, I've seen it. I mean, oh, my God. What do you I think about that? that? I don't get it, to be honest. First of all, why is our pitcher in a catcher's stance with no shoes on and a in a Vin Diesel Dago tee, looking as if he's catching the baby from his baby mama, who also has a giant, looks like a gun tattoo, where the baby's bosom would be. <laughs> I, I don't get it. I don't understand I mean, it. I don't get the picture, to be honest. It's a very and weird I don't know why the White Sox Instagram account reposted it. Clearly, the picture means that he is going to catch the baby after it is born. But, but, Do you know how disgusting that that imagery is? But why is the why is the woman just standing there? Why isn't she like? Why does she have her? his jersey on, and why is he in a Vin Diesel Dago tee? 
I mean, there's a lot of questions. We could spend probably a good solid 10 minutes asking these questions. And where are those shoes? Answers. If you guys haven't seen this, go to the White Sox Instagram page. It's like their third or fourth picture in, and it's clear as day. It is this white background with two weirdos standing half naked with no shoes on in a weird pregnancy pose. Yeah, it's a weird picture. I've seen, I saw Ronaldo Lopez's personal page earlier in, in the weekend and didn't get it then. And then I saw the Sox reposted this morning and was even more confused. Hey, you know what? Congrats on the sex, dude. But good Lord, that's bad. <laughs> I mean, it's, it could just be a cultural thing. Maybe we just don't get it. Yeah, exactly. Let's not judge. I, I don't know. what. It, who, what the, who the hell knows? <laughs> Jared, did, did you Jared guys before? ever have... <laughs> What do you got? No, go ahead. <laughs> Did you guys in high school or like grade school or middle school go to like the mall or have like people you knew go to the mall and they'd take like those those professional photos, but they came out like glossy and like your friends would hand them out? Or was that just at my my school at BJ Ward in uh, in Bolingbrook? Um, like I remember like getting almost like trading cards of like school pictures that you would like give to your friends. Yeah, that's not it. These guys would go to the mall and they would take like the, they take these pictures with their friends or like their girlfriends or whatever. And like some of the boys would be doing like the like the rap album type poses, and the girls would be together and they'd like hand them out to their friends and write notes on the back. And it could have been just again, it's a cultural thing down in BJ. I honestly have no idea what the fuck you're talking. <laughs> well, about. of it, course, Skokie Sleepaway Camp probably didn't have it. It's like it's like you're speaking Chinese right now, and it's not just because I had a wonderful Chinese food dinner yeah. tonight. All right, we'll move on. We'll, we'll move on. Any other baseball thoughts before we move on to the NBA draft lottery this week? Uh, I mean. Right now in baseball, it's pretty clear that the three best teams are in the AL. The NL needs to pick it up, specifically the Cubs, the Nationals. Uh, the Dodgers have been horrible, which is shocking right now. They have they finally came out a little bit this weekend. They beat uh, the Nationals, I think, two out of three, but they've just been bad. I don't know what the hell's going on with the Dodgers. Yeah, I mean, I champ, I totally agree with you. The three best teams in baseball are all in the American League, the Astros, Red Sox, and Yankees. Well, shout out to the Braves for kind of being that young team this year that's that's turning it on. I think some people try to make the White Sox happen, but I think it's clear that they had a lot of holes on this roster and no depth to sustain any injuries. So shout out to the Braves for, for playing really well and playing great, fun baseball as they kind of as they call it Ronald Acuna Jr. and Ozzy Al- Albies. It's they're fun yeah, to watch. The, Bra- the Braves are an exciting team. They can fucking hit. That's and their pitching's been good too. Uh, and the same with the Phillies. They're a nice young team. Another team that's kind of like a year ahead of schedule right now and looking pretty good. I mean, uh, two things on that. The first being nobody in this in this state that I have witnessed yet, and I, granted, I've only been here for about a week and a half now, but they are still talking about the process and why they should not have LeBron James on that team. And I watched a Philly, or part of a Phillies game the other day, and they're actually a pretty entertaining team. Nobody's talking about them, nor does anybody care, because it's all Eagles and Sixers from here on out. They need to start talking about them, because Odubel Herrera is a budding star in the majors right now. He had his... His on-base streak snapped today at 46 straight games he got on base. It was snapped today. But he's, I mean, he's hitting like 335. He's playing an awesome center field. I mean, he's the next star for the Phillies. He's a damn good player. Jake Arrieta's been awesome. I'm sure the Cubs would like to have him back because you Darvish has not been awesome besides today against the shitty Cincinnati Reds. He pitched well, but 
For the most part, you Darvish has been a bit disappointment for the Cubs. You think? Yeah. Do you think Theo would rather have spent that money on Jake Arrieta, or maybe given a little bit more? I, I think, if, as he's looking back at it now, I think he would probably want Jake Arrieta over you Darvish. But I mean, it is only a month and a half into their contracts. They have a lot of time before all is said and done. But if you were to ask me right now, I think I think old Jed and Theo would much rather have Jake. I would agree with you there, champ. Let's move over to the NBA draft lottery that happened last week on Tuesday. I think it was Tuesday. It's been a long week. Our Chicago Bulls. Tuesday, yep. Our Chicago Bulls had the sixth best, or the sixth, I guess, best chance to get a number one pick. They ended up having the seventh overall pick. They, in true Bulls fashion, didn't even get in the top, in the their projected spot and that they had a tiebreaker with the Kings who in the Kings lost but vaulted over the number two in the draft yeah. lottery. Fuck. So in the true in true Bills fashion, they win a coin toss but still lose the end result when they lose and drop down the draft in the draft slot. So as we kinda talked about Luka Doncic and his potential fit with the Bulls and who might fit the best Let's talk. Let's open it up this way, Jerry. We had some baseball talks. We'll start with you with, with some NBA draft talk. Who do you think, realistically, that can get on the Bulls at seven, is should be drafted by the Bulls that will fit the roster the best? The Bulls need two things. They need a wing, and they need a guy that they pair up with Mark and then down in the post. Now, Mark and being a uh, a long range shooting power forward, a stretch four in the shape of you know best case scenario Dirk Nowitzki type player. Probably with a little bit better defensive, you know, out outwork with uh, the ability to block shots and being longer and lankier. They need to get somebody to, to fill one of those slots. Now, what I'm still hoping happens, and I think a lot of Bulls Nation is as well, unless you're C Red Fred um, and maybe MK Hoops, my guy over in Australia. It's that MPJ, Michael Porter Jr., holds out on his medical records. Last year, if he would have came out of high school, he would have been the number one pick. This year, if he would have played, he probably would also be a top two, three pick in the same vein as Luka Doncic and DeAndre Ayton. That was the guy coming in. Everybody freaked out about Michael Porter Jr., and I did too. Watching him in that McDonald's um, All-Star game that they put on, he was fantastic. And I don't care about the defense. Again, this is going to contradict everything I've said about Zach Levine because this guy could ultimately be one of the best scorers in the NBA for his ability to cut to the basket, for his ability to shoot from the outside. He is a Ben Simmons-type offensive player with a ready-made jumper already. And if he's going to hold out on his medicals to force his way to Chicago, which it seems like he may already be doing, that's the pick. That's the guy. I was going to ask that. Doesn't it, I got the sense that that he's trying to get to Chicago? Yeah, he should. Because he knows he's not going to be a top three pick for whatever reason. They're, those guys are they're not. He's not going there, and so I think he's looking at the at the mindset kind of like what Eli Manning did when he when him and Philip Rivers were both being drafted. He wanted to get to the bigger market, and it was a guy who wants to be in Chicago, and that's pretty tempting. I kind of agree with you, Jerry. I think he is the number one fit. And I also think it also means you can wave goodbye to Zach Levine. You can let him be. I mean, to me, you can't have Dunn, Levine, Markkinen, and Michael Porter Jr. There's too many guys who need the basketball in that foursome. I don't subscribe to that idea. I don't know. Go ahead, champ. 
I mean, I agree with everything you guys are saying um, as ter in terms of Michael Porter being the guy, Michael Porter Jr. being the guy at seven, but I don't agree at all that that means Zach Levine should go. I think it only makes Zach Levine a better player, yeah. Michael Porter. Another guy to be able to handle the ball. I mean, when, when Porter or Levine are on the bench or Dunn is on the bench, one of those guys are in the game, can handle the ball. Michael Porter Jr. doesn't necessarily have to be like a point-forward type player to be effective in the NBA. Kevin Durant, a lot of the times, which people are comparing to, best-case scenario, Michael Porter Jr. becomes a Kevin Durant light type player. I mean, there's times where Kevin Durant doesn't have the ball and he's just fine. I mean, whether he's posting up, whether he's getting the ball in transition, hitting threes. I think Michael Porter Jr. and Zach Levine could play very well together. And I that's who I would love them to get. I mean, he's a smart guy. I wouldn't want to go to Dallas, Memphis, or uh, Orlando when the Bulls are sitting there at seven. Those are the three teams sitting four, five, and six. So if I were Michael Porter Jr., I would do everything in my possibilities to try to get to the Chicago Bulls. So, DC, here, I'm going to just combat that real quick because there's another player at 22 that I tweeted about earlier this week named Mitchell Robinson. Now, he sat out this season. He originally – well, he didn't sit out. He technically went to um, Blanking on the school. It's Boise the State. Hilltoppers. No, the Hilltoppers. Oh, you're right. Sorry. Um, whatever. So went to the Hilltoppers, was originally going to play top 50 type ESPN recruit, big center, 6'11", 215 pounds, has a high ceiling, as high of a ceiling as a guy like Jaron Jackson or uh, somebody else, uh, Wendell Mo Carter Bamba. Jr. Not necessarily Mo Bamba. He's not as long. Mo Bamba could be a freak type athlete if he hits. But in that Wendell Carter Jr. type category, he can easily be had at that 22nd pick. And if he's available, he's like 19 years old. You pair him with another 19-year-old, Michael Porter Jr. And all of a sudden, you have a starting lineup of Chris Dunn, Zach Levine, Michael Porter Jr., Laurie Marketing, and then Robinson. And on the bench, you have that unit, that unit surrounded by a Bobby Portis. And then, like Champ said, having a Levine or a Porter Jr. on the floor with those guys at all times. Suddenly, that offense and what you can do is up there with the best in the East. Now, granted, I know we're going to look at the defense, and those are going to be some struggles. But I'm looking at that offense that Fred Hoiberg wants to, uh, to, to put in, in, in use. And I know that all five of those guys in that starting lineup are going to be able to fill it up in a free-flowing Steve Kerr-type offense. And that's exciting as hell. Sure. I'm totally fine with that. But I also think the way that Steve Kerr offense works is those guys are often very selfless. And part of what worries me about Michael Porter Jr. and Zach Levine to a certain point, they both have that alpha mentality that they need the ball in their hands to score off the dribble, and they, they're they not really catch-and-shoot type guys. It's, I mean, so to me, they like it just it kind of clashes a little bit. It's kind of like what we saw with Rondo Wade and Jimmy Butler. They all need the ball to be effective. That's why like Chris Dunn is super important to that crew. Right, but I mean, even Chris Dunn, like the the ball's only. I mean, again, like that's just my. It's my one concern. It's my one concern that the that the oh, personalities and the type of in the games don't match. I think it's he's the perfect fit. It's the guy that I want. It's just the one concern that I have that it, it's not going to be a fit in terms of roster construction. And then you're going to just as long as they don't sign Levine to some ridiculous contract that they can't move, because I think Michael Porter Jr. has the higher ceiling than Zach Levine. And so, to me, if you don't get don't get yourself trapped into have into having to satisfy Zach Levine because you paid him way too much money. 
My only thought. Yeah, I mean that. I mean that does make sense. I don't. I wouldn't want Zach Levine to be uh, a twenty million, twenty-five million dollar player. I don't think he's worth that kind of money right now. So that's a balancing act. The Bulls, whether or not they want to, you know, sign him before he's eligible to go into free agency and get an offer from his other team to kind of see what the market is. That's kind of the question they're going to have to ask themselves. Whether or not they want to guarantee him that, whether it's you know anywhere from 15 to 20 million or say hey Zach go see what you can get in the open market let's see if anyone is offering you close to that and if they do we'll either match or we won't match I I honestly don't know what they're going to do that's a big question for the front office yeah but going for what the offense is going to be like you mentioned originally champ don't stray away from that Porter being on the floor is going to help Zach Levine get buckets and it's going to yeah. open up that spacing. Just like the, the Warriors, and I know that's that's kind of just arbitrary to kind of consider the Bulls could ever be that, but you have to just remember what Fred Hoiberg ultimately wants to do with this offense. It's a motion-based offense. It's a spread attack where you have one guy in, and that would essentially be that Robinson guy who can probably come out and shoot a little bit too. But if you have, a, like, Draymond brings the ball up sometimes. Sometimes it's KD, sometimes it's Steph, sometimes, like, you have that ability. So, yeah, if you know what, there's an easy way to outlet that pass to a Zach Levine or a Michael Porter, get up the court, fill it in, and get into the offense. It does. It shouldn't really, it should just be a free-flowing motion. See, the, the, I agree with you 100%, but the problem is that we've seen the Bulls with their roster like that with guys who can, who all have the ability to bring the ball up with Jimmy Butler and Dwayne Wade and Rajon Rondo. And they were still deferring to Rondo to bring the ball up the court every single time. There wasn't. Different. It's, but it's not different because it's the same head coach. It's the same head yeah, coach. But Rondo is so limited offensively with his jump. I understand, shot but but the fact when he wants to when when the head coach wants to play a a up and down game and open up and spread, he shouldn't. Your your guards who are getting rebounds, your wing guys who are getting rebounds, shouldn't have to look to outlet the ball to your point guard because that's the only skill he brings to the table. Was, Take the ball and go. That was two years ago. Fred was completely bulldozed by Dwayne Wade and Jimmy Butler. They did what they wanted to do when they're on the floor. That second unit with Rondo moved way better offensively as far as what Fred was looking to do when they were together. And this past year, we saw glimpses of what it looks like when Chris was on the floor and actually had these young guys that bought into Fred's system. I think any time that we're going to go keep looking back at that Dwayne Wade, Jimmy Butler year, we should, like we need to just throw that away. Because, the, yes, it sucks. Okay, Fred and that's Hoover fine. But you've also, and, and albeit a very limited sample size this past year, but you didn't, we didn't see Levine, Dunn, and, and Markin and play well together. You, exactly. I mean, so, I mean, we don't really know, but we don't know that's going to be a, a disaster but what, either. But from what we did see, it didn't go, it didn't, they didn't, it didn't work. Yeah, it wasn't but you good. can't just give up on Levine. You can't just say, see I'm not giving up on Levine. I'm just, I'm saying, to me, if I'm making a choice, I'm letting Zach Levine walk. I like Chris Dunn. I love Laurie Markkinen. I'm gonna if it's another wing guy that's Michael Porter Jr. or Mikael Bridges or Miles Bridges, I'm I'm happier with that than I am Zach Levine. I just don't buy into him improving defensively enough to warrant being well, that, being paid. That's a whole other question. Whether or not if it comes down to it, if they have to decide between Chris Dunn and Zach Levine. I don't know anybody. I mean, maybe you, DC. You think you may think Chris Dunn has a higher ceiling than Zach Levine, but I don't know how you could see it, say that. I think Zach Levine's ceiling is much higher than Chris Dunn's. I understand Chris Dunn is a good defender, but Zach Levine could be an impact scorer in this league. He's already averaged 20, over 20 points a game in the NBA. So 
I mean, I don't think it's going to come down to them having to make a choice. But if it does, I'm riding with Zach Levine all the way. I'm telling you what choice I'm making. I'm making the choice to fire Fred then. If Fred can't get two players that are 22 years and younger to buy into his system as the head basketball coach of his organization, then he needs to go because he's not the guy to get it corralled. Because I mean, then it will be. Then we will go back to that DC, and then I will say he couldn't get veterans to buy in, and then now he couldn't get these two young punks to buy in either. So obviously, it's never going to work at the professional level. He needs to go back down to college. I mean, I think that's a separate, entirely point that I, I don't think Fred Hoiberg is going to be the coach much long after another year. And the, and the, and if that comes to the case, that'll be one of the reasons why because he couldn't get this team to buy into what he wanted them to do offensively. I just like any player there that has this ball problem should just look at what KD, Steph, Draymond, and Clay are doing because if those guys who are multi-millionaires all together going to all be on max deals of some sort can figure out how to share the basketball while winning chips, then. They everybody else should be able to do it too. But and I agree with you. But there's also part of it that's a it's a personality driven thing where those guys are very, very susceptible to just kind of lean on somebody else. Like from what you heard from Michael Porter Jr. in the past week at in the combine, he is very much of the belief that he is the best player and he is going to, in this draft and he's going to prove it and take everything Good. he can of his career. And that's great. But when you have three other guys already on this roster who are who can be just as good of contributors in a wide-open, share-the-ball system, that's a little concerning to me. That's all I, I mean. The Athletic had a good piece on Wendell Carter Jr. and how he just bought in. He gave up everything at Duke when once um, um, Marvin, Bagley. Marvin Bagley came over there. And to me, like that fits. You're your front court partner with with Markkinen, and to me, like it's not as flashy, it's not as sexy. It's certainly a much lower ceiling. But to me, there's something to be said about just picking the guy that fits the roster. Fits I mean, the Mikkel roster, fits Bridges, Fred. Mikel Bridges fits just fine as well. That's why they're gonna have options. But, I mean, Michael Porter Jr. might not even be there at seven anyway. So I mean, I don't think there's any question if he is there at seven that he's going to be the guy. But if he's not there, which is a possibility, probably I would say there's probably a 30-40% chance he gets to seven. So if he doesn't get to seven, there's going to be the Wendell Carters, the Michael Bridges, how you know, many, the Mike many? Remind me again how many chips these teams with fit guys that have low, like high floors below ceilings have won? You make it fit. You make it fit. You have to make it fit by getting the best talent you can get. And if it comes down to Michael Porter Jr. and you have a guy like Wendell Carter, I don't deny that Wendell Carter is going to be a very good NBA basketball player, but the offense that Michael Porter Jr. has already displayed at the high school level is going to transition better into the professional basketball. We don't even need to argue about this. If Michael Porter is there at 7, the Bulls are going to take him. I mean, they'd be foolish not to. If he is there, they're taking him. Now the question is, what if it's between Wendell Carter and Mo Bamba? Because, Jerome, you just said you want to take that high-impact guy. And that's it's Mo Bamba. Bamba. I mean, you got to take Mo Bamba. Yes. And if it's between the, Wendell Carter and Mo Bamba, I know you're not a big fan of Mo Bamba, I, but you got to take, you got to go for the home run and you take Mo Bamba. In typical Jerry fashion, before <laughs> you guys even say it, DC sent an article this week from, uh, was it John Gonzalez? Yep, John Gonzalez at the ringer. At the ringer, and is a very good piece again about the work ethic of Mo Bamba and what he's putting into his body when he already doesn't have any money at all. What he's doing uh -huh. to make sure that he is going to be a dominant NBA player. The fact of the matter is, in any tank, in any single tank, 
You need to get the best player available. There's no question here. And if they think well, it's yeah. Luka Doncic and they want to move up and get him, I will support that and and assume that they made the right decision. But if the Bulls once again go in and add a Denzel Valentine, like this isn't going to put the Bulls in any better position. It's just going to keep them in hell. I mean, I know, but I think that goes back to then our hatred for guard packs. They they don't they don't believe Jerry, your best player available. They want to build a roster that's going to contend and play hard. Well, and then that's what's going to well, make I me mean, finally be a Sixers fan. When when they did that, when we were in the draft last year, and they drafted Laurie Markkinen, let's be honest, none of us were like, "Wow, Laurie Markkinen is definitely the best player." No, we openly here. mocked it. We didn't even do he that. ended up he ended up being the best player besides Donovan Mitchell in that you know later part, you know five to fifteen. So if you want to say they should have taken Donovan Mitchell, okay, but whatever. Lori Markkinen is going to end up being a star. So maybe they're going away from that safe pick, you know, get that Taj Gibson type guy that's going to be a solid NBA player. And maybe they're moving towards, you know, we need to get a, a high. What he might it might end up being a bust though. That's the problem. If you if you draft Mikel Bridges, you know he's going to be a pro for ten years in the NBA. Wendell Carter probably the same thing. He'll probably be very much like Taj Gibson in the NBA. I want an All Star. You got to go for it. This is the time yeah. where you have the money, you have all this, you know, these young guys. You have to go get yourself a Mo Bamba or a Michael Porter Jr. Those are the two guys. Like if the, if they can't get one of those two guys, I, I'm honestly not going to be very happy. Unless they trade up, obviously, and get one of these studs too, but so champion stay they, at seven. If those got one of those two guys have to be picked. If they traded up, champ, who do you want them to take? If they traded up, I my to I what pick? The, to what? Yeah, what number pick, DC? If they trade up, who's who's the guy that you want on that roster? Well, DeAndre Ayton's going one. I don't think he, there's any possibility you can trade up to get one. If they were to trade up anywhere between two and four. I, Marvin Bagley's a guy to me. I understand the fit might be per, not be perfect with Laurie Markkinen, but like Jer said, you make it work. Marvin Bagley is going to be a star in the NBA, so that is the guy I would want them to go after. Fuck Luka Doncic, Jaron Jackson. I'm kind of iffy on. It's Marvin Bagley to me. Jer, same Why question. Why Bagley? <laughs> Bagley, Bagley, whatever. Do you say bagel or bagel? Bagel. I'm not. I mean, I'm a Jew. I know how to say bagel. Thank <laughs> you. It's like the same thing. I don't think DeAndre is going to go. Man, I don't know. You I don't know. Think I'm going to stick with because the Suns have that coach, right? Yep. That Donkic it doesn't matter. With? They're taking Aiden. I don't think so. I think they're going to take Donkic, which makes me. It would be DeAndre Aiden. That's that's the guy. That's the guy you pair up with Markkinen that has also the highest ceiling out of anybody. You're talking about a guy that could easily beat Dwight Howard at a bare minimum. So you have to get up to two. What are you giving up to get get up to number two? Everything besides Laurie. If, if DeAndre Ayton is there at two, the Bulls should give up seven, they should give up 22, and they should give up next year's first-round pick to get to number two. If that's not enough, Chris Dunn, see you later. They want Chris Dunn, too? I would do that. I mean... You, that's a one-time. It's a generational star right there. If it's DeAndre, I think they would. I should. They should do the same thing for ba- for Bagley, Bagley, whatever the fuck his name is. They should go up and get him too if he's available. 
I I really liked Marvin Bagley all year. I really did. But I think I think the we saw with the Bulls, and I know again you make it work, you make it work. It's what you guys are gonna keep on preaching to me now. But we saw with the Bulls when they have too many redundant pieces, regardless of the coach, it just doesn't work. If you have redundant pieces, it just it's easy to it's easy to game plan for because you don't have to change anything you do. They bring in the next round of guys who do the exact same thing. You play it the same way. You don't have to attack anybody any differently. I don't like how Marvin Bagley fits with Laurie Marketing, and that's the only person on this roster that I'm trying to build around. I'm trying to find guys who complement Laurie Marketing's game the best. Why can't Bagley play five and be a rim stopper with with marketing running around? I don't like that. These small ball lineups to me would would work. I mean, Draymond Green is starting at five in the Western Conference Finals. So for you, for someone to say Marvin Bagley or even Laurie Markkinen can't play five in the NBA, yes, yeah. you can. in this NBA, you can't. How often is there real, like, Roy Hibbert-style rim protectors anymore? Like, outside of Joel Embiid, everything else is just like a fluid, mark-your-man type defense now. I mean, at least that's what I see when I watch these, these games. You have, you have, what, Embiid, and then you have... And Clint, Clint Capella can't even play half the series because they run him off the floor. They put him in bad situations on pick and rolls, and and, and they get him out of the game. So to it's me, all, it's that's what the NBA is now. All about defending the pick and roll. Right. If you're athletic enough as a big to defend the pick and roll, it doesn't matter if you're a six eight center or if you're a seven one back to the basket center. You have to defend the pick and roll because that's what the NBA is now. Yeah, I mean, so maybe Bagley and Marketing can be work just fine together. I just don't think I don't think Bagley or Marketing play the type of defense for a center to be like Draymond's one thing, but Draymond's a different player than either one of those guys. Well, that's and, when you bring in Big Bobby and put Bobby at the four and one right, of those guys at the like, five. To your point, like Bobby has that that mentality, that type of game where he can play small ball five. Like to me, Bagley doesn't have like he's not big enough, like thick enough. He's certainly tall enough. But to like play down low in play center in, in, in the NBA, like he's gonna, he has to be that four. I think they're the exact same type of player. Put it this way: if they had a chance, if Marvin Bagley becomes a bull, I that's a problem I would love to have. To be like, oh man, where are we gonna? Are we gonna be able to play them together? Like, let we'll figure it out. That you get the best player available, you get the highest ceiling guy. Whether it's Bagley, whether it's Aiden, whether it's Bamba, whether it's Porter, one of those four guys need to be on the Bulls, and I would be a very happy man. Okay. And it's going to be Miles Bridges, so enjoy. It's not going to be Miles Bridges. <laughs> it's gonna if it's going to be a Bridges, it's going to be Mikel. It's not going to be Miles. Okay, why don't we talk about the NBA playoffs? Wrap it up this week with with a little bit of NBA playoffs talk. The uh, Warriors, I believe it's Sunday night, are taking it to the Rockets unless they've made a comeback. No. Yeah, it's over. They're hammering. They're down by 32. Yeah, And then very much the same thing with uh, the Cavs and Celtics in Game 3 on Saturday night in Cleveland. The Cavs just took it to Boston to get a game back in that series. Guys, what are your thoughts on the Eastern and Western Conference Finals? Champ, we'll start with you. What are your big takeaways so far? I mean, coming into this, I thought there was a realistic chance that Houston could beat Golden State. I don't think so anymore. I think this is Golden State is most likely going to win this series in five at the most six games. They're just too damn good. Houston makes too many mental errors. They just, 
I just don't like the style of ball they're playing. They played very well in game two because they moved the ball, but they went back to the bullshit ISOs tonight. Harden holding the ball, Chris Paul holding the ball. That's not going to work. It's not going to work. Golden State's going to go back to the finals. And I think Boston's going to hold serve. I wouldn't be surprised if they came in in game four, played a lot better, snuck out a win. Even if they don't win game four, they still have home court advantage. And they're 9-0 and in the garden right now, This these playoffs. I think they're going to hold serve. It might <coughs> go seven. I like Boston, though. They, they're... They're just playing well. Brad Stevens has got them playing a great brand of basketball. Besides, obviously, last night's game, it wasn't their finest. But these young guys, they're D'ing up LeBron. They're the key is they're actually D'ing up everybody else besides LeBron. If LeBron goes off for 40 like he did in Game 2, Boston still won that game easily. You let LeBron get his. You play good defense on Kevin Love, Kyle Korver, J.R. Smith, those ancillary pieces, and you're going to win this series. And I think it's going to be a Boston-Golden State NBA Finals. I think it. I agree with you, Champ. Jared, what are your been your big takeaways? Same, same as Champ. It's, it just it sucks. It's just yeah. it's this isn't fun. Like I'm honestly wanna I'd rather much talk about when's the first year that Golden State's gonna be broken apart to where we can actually open this thing up again. Because this these these big these big big three, big four teams is just sweeping the finals left and right over and over again. Like I'm ready to see something else. Like I thought the Rockets were gonna be able to do a champ. You and I've been riding all season, but like it's just not gonna happen. This is done in no. six at worst. Yeah, it's probably going to be five. I mean, let's be honest. So, is Kevin Durant going to leave this summer then? I'd much rather talk about that. Like, where is Kevin, if Kevin's going to leave, where's LeBron going? Because, like, that's all I really care about at this moment. Kevin Durant's not going anywhere. He's going to, the only person that they may get rid of is Draymond Green. As there talks of him might, like, maybe being traded, but why? They, I mean, I wouldn't break it up. Just keep no. fucking winning. Like, why would you even break it why up? Why trade him? Because he's a psychopath? I guess this is like what teams felt in the 90s against the Bulls. It was just like inevitable that they were going to lose. But at least in during those days, teams would be competitive. Like now it's just like, my God, the Golden State. Like if the Celtics make the finals, do we realistically think they have any shot of beating Golden State four times? I know a lot of guys on the internet are going to tell you yes, but they'll win just they'll win game two or game three like all these other guys have, and then the Warriors will get kicked in the ass Realize they got to turn it on again, and then they'll be get done. Like, they just don't have enough firepower. Maybe if Hayward and Kyrie were there, I'd give them a shot. But even then, I just don't see it. Yeah, it's it, Jerry's right. It's extremely frustrating to just watch a team just trample over all these other teams. Houston won 65 fucking games in the regular season, and the Warriors are making them look like it's like they're playing against the Bulls. Because of Durant. Like, that's... That's how they looked in the first half of this game. They missed layups. They were turning the ball over left and right. They're the rock. I mean, I knew the second half was going to be ugly because how many open shots did the Warriors miss in the first half? They could have easily been up 25 at halftime. They're going to end up winning this game by 30 points. It's just it's so frustrating that they're just going to keep rolling over teams. Do you guys think Clay Thompson? I went back to Jared's question. I'm like, when are the Warriors going to be just done? Do you think Clay Thompson ever requests to be traded? Well, he's got one more year left on his contract. Maybe maybe he just is like, I want to be the guy or at least the second guy on another team. And maybe he's like, you know, this has been great. 
By that time, he'll probably have four rings, because let's be honest, if they stay together next year, they're probably going to win a ring as well. So by that time, maybe he's just like, hey, I want to be the guy somewhere else, and he just leaves. But, yes. you know, I mean, do you why would you? I mean, you just keep winning. Just fucking stay. Does Golden State trade him ahead of that to get to kind of redisperse Clay's contract amongst Steph and KD and... I mean, because KD next year has options for $26 million compared to Steph's 30 It's $10 million less than what Steph's making. Yeah, At some I point, mean, KD's not K- going to just be taking those pay cuts left and right to stay on this team. Yeah, I mean, LeBron did it, though, with Miami, and they won. So, I mean, if you win, it helps a lot. You get more endorsement money. KD's doing just fine with getting money outside of the NBA. He's made a lot of money already. I mean, it's it's the sacrifice. If they want to give up a little more money and keep winning, they and even with Clay, like even if he becomes a free agent, the Warriors can still pay him more than any other team because they can offer him that extra year. So I don't know. What if the Sixers offered Markel Fultz the tenth pick and whatever the contract money they have to make that work, like in the expirings that they have on their roster? What the fuck does Golden State need Markel Fultz for? I don't know. They He's just trying to get Clay on the Sixers the because that's the perfect place for him to go. Who, Clay? Yeah. Fill in that yeah. Bob Covington spot? That's the perfect place for him. Well, yes, that would be nice, but they don't need Markel Fultz. I know. Bro. I was just trying to see. I mean, yeah, that'd be, of course. It's I just cheap tail. I'm trying to get him. That. Have you seen the, if you go to spotrack.com and see Steph Curry's contract in a couple years, $45 $5 million. million. <laughs> Yeah, but it doesn't matter because they're making money hand over fist in Golden State, and they can keep paying them. Every time they win a title, they're just making more, millions and millions more. So they knew they were going to have to give him that money because he they signed him for so dirt cheap before. So it's just making up for that. Do you guys think that if it was more like the 90s and there was no cap that we would have a better NBA or a worse NBA? Way worse. Well, for sure better. Oh, worse. I better. <laughs> Way worse. <laughs> Oh, I think better for sure. You would have had this would have been like year six of the Batim Banana Boat being all together in the same team. Well, that's fine because then other teams would do the same thing. They would load up with the stars Bulls wouldn't have gotten anybody paid. though. I mean, that, I'm not saying the Bulls would have been better. I'm saying the NBA as a whole would have been better. At least there would have been like four super teams instead of one. I mean, I think it's safe to say that Houston's also a super team. The only chance of this not being a super team, I'm going back. I think Jerome said this a couple weeks ago. It's LeBron going to, to the fucking Celtics. That's the only chance of this not being like Golden State just rolling over. It's him burying the hatchet with Kyrie, them working out a trade, a sign and trade with Boston. Maybe it's them sending back like Jalen Brown or someone like no. that. No. Even I mean, they if it's you get Mark going to the camp. Look at what the Angels did to the Cavs this year. You swindle their asses we again. About you this yesterday, Mar- champ. You send Marcus Smart and maybe Terry Rozier because you don't believe in them, and then like you throw them like the the Lakers pick or the Kings pick that they have, and you tell them enjoy it because I don't have to give you shit because LeBron was going to sign you no matter what, and our owner was going to pay the luxury tax anyways. You don't give yeah. them anything. Give them Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown looks like he's going to be a star. I know. Remember all the shit people talked about Jalen Brown? Now look at him. And that's the thing. Going, bringing it all full circle into the Bulls again. It, it's They have to tank again. They just have to. They're not even close to the Sixers and the Celtics. They're not close. But they're not yeah, going to be bad not. enough to tank. That's the problem. 
Oh, it's so frustrating. It really is. The <laughs> NBA is just not fun. It's fucking bullshit. It just pisses us off all the time. The, the regular season's not that fun anymore. The playoffs were supposed to be fun. They weren't. Let's be honest. They were not. These games I mean, suck. The, the, the funnest games have been the the one Houston actually plays well, but that only happened one of the three Not games. even that. I had the most fun watching Sixers, Heat, Sixers, Celtics. Yep. Same. Yeah, that Sixers Heat series was And fun. I did enjoy watching LeBron, though. I will admit that. But everything else, like, you don't even barely care about the West. Like, I cared about the Pelicans that first series because that was a little entertaining. That was it. Well, sad. Well, guys, yeah, we, we need football. Sad football. state of football. affairs. Football. We take a two-week hiatus, and we're still as negative as ever, guys. Thank you for all the support. <laughs> Subscribe to our show wherever you guys get your podcasts. Follow us on social media at Second City Sports. We'll talk to you guys again next week. Later. See ya. Hasta la vista, baby. Drive home safely, baby.